This episode of After the Show is brought to you by Odyssey. Odyssey are makers of headphones for gamers and audiophiles alike. You can check them out on www.audeze.com. That's www.audeze.com. You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sid Talk. Hello, Sid Talk. Good day. Took you a while to get a breath in there. I was taking, I was taking breath. <laughs> Are you opposed to me breathing? Well, this seems bad. That seems you, like a bad start. Do you breathe in on your own time? <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. And as with other people who try to kind of sort of tell me what to do, probably not going to work. Are you just going to keep breathing now? I'm going to keep breathing. I so. know. It's terribly <laughs> obstinate of me. What's the before the after the show discussion? You were testing and playing with sounds of our voices. I was. Just so we know. And you were reading up on this movie, and I'm playing City Skylines, and that's about it. Well, that's all well and good. That's it. Good night, everybody. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Be sure and tip your wait staff and all right. bartender and the, the live singer, whoever's... Wait, do people still go to bars? Is that a thing? I don't think so. People don't go anywhere. <laughs> I don't think that's <laughs> true. All right. So it's Saturday, September the 4th. Happy September, Sid Talk. Thanks. What do you like best about September? Mm, comes right before October. And it's also the month of my mother's birthday, my niece's birthday, my grandmother who is no longer with us birthday. My it's birthday. It's an okay month. It is not your birthday. <laughs> don't even... Oh. I just thought I could you, slip it in there. And, just because you think I forgot it once. <laughs> I, do, I don't think. <laughs> All right. It's Saturday, September the 4th. This is after the show 650. Hey, we're at 650. Just to go back a notch. I used to hate September. I mean, hated. Can you guess why? Um, there's a song about no. September. No, it was because school started. Oh, yeah. True. And as I have said throughout this pandemic, and I understand it might hurt some people's feelings, just, I don't know what to tell you. If someone had, if if this had happened when I was in school, at any grade, all the way up from kindergarten to senior in high school, I would have been so fucking happy. Pardon the F word. I would have been the happiest, most well-adjusted child you have ever met. If we had the internet in the 70s, which we did not in the 80s. I would have been thrilled to get on a computer and do my schoolwork without going to school. It would have been like, my life would be so, I would have been like, I don't know, that's when I developed understanding of anxiety. I hated school with every fiber of my being. So, that being said, I used to hate September. Now I'm pretty neutral. All right. That's it. Nobody cares, but just saying. All right, let's get on with this. Get Um, on with this. The movie we're looking at this week is Retaliation. It's uh, Actually, the movie was made in 2017, but it's released in the US in 2020. You can get it on Blu-ray from our friends at Lionsgate. It's rated R. It's definitely a mature movie. Absolutely. Not for the kids. Not for the kids. Maybe and not for some adults. Yeah, Lionsgate sent us a copy for review. So you give us the synopsis and then I'll give you the one off the box. Oh, thanks. Uh, a man is coping with... Pain and suffering that was caused to him by someone else as an adult man, and it's very difficult. Okay. I am. Um, I'll read I you mean, the, the one. title kind of, you know, winds you in. The one off the box, I just want to say to the people who made this box red text on a black background does not work. It's crap. It's horrible. Yeah. So I will try hard to read it by using the light <laughs> on my mo- from my money. So here we go. Orlando Bloom stars as Malky, a demolition worker whose life receives a seismic shock when out drinking with friends at a local pub. He sees a disturbing figure from his past. The man 
he holds responsible for a traumatic, traumatic incident. Fueled by anger, Malky sets out on a path of vengeance and discovers no one can escape the consequences of their sins in this taut thriller. That's kind of the bottom line there, yeah. Yeah. It skirts around it a little bit, but it is the bottom line. Anyway, there'll be spoilers about the movie Retaliation. You might be thinking, Retaliation? Never heard of this movie. It's actually also known in the UK under the title Romans. So you may have seen this Mm. um, from 2017, 2017 onwards. If you've seen a film with Orlando Bloom and it was called Romans, this is the same movie. Okay. So, um, Retaliation, what did you think, Sid Talk? Gut-wrenching. And moving. Breath-holding? Did you build your breath sometimes? Like... (gasps) I hold my breath uh, most of the time in this movie. (sighs) And then just wait for what to have it unfold, you know? It's just... It's... I mean, yes, there are graphic graphic. I mean, we don't see the actual image of things that are graphic. There are some sexually graphic implications, we'll say. Um, and it's not that. I mean, we're grown up. We're over fifty. We can handle the superficial reality of it. It's like it's a sexual act. It's a masturbation. You can, whatever. You can talk about what's going on here. Uh, well, we're, we're we going to spoil spoilers. the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, well, there the are spoilers thing. for this movie. But first, let me say. As the movie builds, you weren't 100% sure what was going on. I instantly was like, oh, I know what this story is. We've seen a few of them already in TV show and other movies through, you know, the years. But he starts out, he's he's a demo person working to tear down a church. And our first opening scene is him taking a sledgehammer to a church and this over, this voiceover of like one of those street preacher pastor priest people like real evangelical over the top of it and he's sitting there hammering this church with a sledgehammer my instant thought was okay we have a grown man who was abused by a priest and he has not been able to and shouldn't have to be the one to figure out how to cope but that's what we're going for here and i was not incorrect right it's a man's struggle with you know that being abused by a priest. Um, what I want to say that uh, the Blu-ray box for this, if you can see the uh, cover for this movie, Sid Talk, mm-hmm. it it doesn't even. It's not the right cover for this movie. I don't disagree. It's very sensationalistic, and it says "Revenge is Hell." Yeah, exactly. It's just got him with a hammer. He's all intense looking, and it says retaliation. And, and that's what it. does that make it look like to you? It just looks like. Revenge. Like one of those the kind actual of movie revenge movies. Yes, or the movie Revenge that I'm recommending where the young lady's on the cover and she's getting revenge. And, and that's it, what it looks like. What they're trying to sell it as, it is not that at all. I mean, it's got, it's got a, you know, it's not a lie that he's got a hammer. And I mean, is, retaliation is revenge. So that's exactly I, what they're I don't selling. mean the word. I mean the image on the box. Right, but with that word right over his face, then you're like, okay, he's got a sledgehammer. He's all beat up. It's retaliation. Either he's the bad guy or someone's done something to him and he's retaliating. Well, when you go in the um, in Walmart to pick up your Blu-rays yeah. and, you, and you look at this box and think it's some action thriller, it's not an action thriller at all. Or it's it could a- be like um, Lethal Weapon but not funny, you know? Somebody killed the guy's wife and now he's out for yeah. revenge or retaliation. Death like- Wish, something like that. Yes, exactly. But it's not none of that. It's a, it's a more thoughtful uh, drama. With, it's obviously got it's got moments of explosive violence, but it's um it's more of a drama, right? It's more sure. Uh, so I feel that that it misrepresents it the cover, um, and I I feel like they did it on purpose to try and misrepresent it so it's easier to sell because it looks like Death Wish. Oh you know? yeah, that sounds sneaky. Well, I believe that goes on in all kinds of sure. things, books especially. If you look at book covers. And then sometimes you read the book and you're like, is that the right cover for that book? <laughs> hey, you know the saying. I do know the Don't saying. Don't judge its cover. So, so what um, did you think it was going to be when it first started? I thought it was going to be a violent, um, like, I like the TV show slash movie This Is England, which uh, you've seen. Mm-hmm. And it's more of like a, like a, it's not a coming of age story. It's like it's like a slice of life of a, a group of people, 
I thought that that was what this was mm. as I started to watch it. There's a group of friends in the pub. They're talking, telling funny stories. And I thought it was going to be like a... Obviously, it gets violent because I've seen the cover. But I thought it was going to be about these friends and something that they get into. Isn't there... There's another one like that about boys who were abused at like a home. It was like from the 80s or 90s. What was it called? Was it an American movie? I think so. Hmm. I have to look it up, but similar. Yeah, I know what you're saying. That kind of... Yeah, I didn't think There's this a was... pact of some kind with a bunch of people who have to kind of get revenge. Yeah, on something that happened to them in the past or whatever. But And that's what this is, really. But I wasn't thinking of the priest angle. Mm. So he's, you know, they're telling stories in the pub at the beginning. And then this he goes to the toilet for a piss. And this old guy's there, and he looks at him, and he's like, instantly... That's the guy. That's a guy. Like, And then, you know, you already had jumped to the... Mm-hmm. Like, the, that's the... I wasn't. I was like, hmm, some, somebody who's wronged him in some way, but I didn't know it was about the sexual abuse of it. But then pretty soon, like, Mr. Orlando Bloom is really in this part, and he's doing things to himself, and it's pretty, it gets pretty crazy if you think about it. I think it is the reality of people who have been abused that they do, as we see this character, like all he's doing to himself for his whole life after he's been abused is like he cannot put it anywhere else. He can't. He told his mother and she didn't believe him. She was a good Catholic woman and that's what you did, right? Back Whenever it was, it would have been the 70s or 80s. Yeah, exactly. She still loves the man. She's, you know, he's a good man. He's a good man and all that. So he has nowhere to put it. And until he's a grown man, he's not really formulating the idea for, like, killing this guy or revenge or retaliation. So he just is injuring himself. And I think that's 100% real. Yeah, I do. Anyone who's been abused, you just take it out on yourself forever because we're all fucked up, right? Like, we all have been taught somehow that if someone does something bad to you when you're a child and they're a grown up, well, you know... And this dude... You kind of have to... It does it's your own fault. And then when you grow up, you're responsible to get over it. And I think that's where, you know... And this guy's trying to just have a normal life. He's got a girlfriend and... But obviously, yeah, nothing, nothing is normal for him because of this incident. Like it... Even having the girlfriend, he can't, it doesn't work, does it, for him? Correct. Because like he doesn't know how to... Like he knows how... I mean, he likes... He has sex with her, but then he doesn't understand... Like any of the emotional part of it, he doesn't deal with it. Right. And then like, you know, understanding that sometimes when people are sexually abused as a child, that sexual stimulation, with, and we all, it's abhorrent and horrible and disgusting. And yet as a grown up, it's like, I don't know how else to like, cause what he's doing is basically raping himself. And that's what he says. That's actually the words he uses. I mean, uses. Y- there's a graphic scene of yeah. it happening. And it's like that's overriding his ability to have like an intimate relationship with a person, like a you know, yeah, well balanced relationship. It's when very he has sad. The, it's so sad. It's like gut wrenching. There's lots of really good scenes. This is the thing I like about this. I, I'm a, I'm especially um, attracted to British movies. I really like British movies. They feel very real to me because I'm British, right? And I understand, you know working class Britain. Like I've seen it firsthand. So sure. They always feel very real to me. Like it, it feels like I'm just watching some people go through a thing. And that's why I like, this is England. And this is along the same lines, really the, the way the people react to each other. But there's probably about five or six scenes in this movie that are like super powerful and really brilliantly acted on both sides. One of them's the scene you know when he's speaking to his friend in the cafe and his friend's eating? Yep. And he's just, it's like, it's a its a monologue kind of thing, really, because his friend's just listening. He's telling him about a dream that he keeps having. Yeah, I thought that was exceptionally well handled. Very good. The scene where he's speaking to his girlfriend in, in the flat and he's saying that you'd, you know, when he confronts I don't need her. you. Yeah. Yeah, that was exceptionally well done. And... I really like the scene when he's speaking to his mother across the table as well. Because it without them saying a lot, 
I understood the entire dynamic between him and his mother. His mother thinks, you know, he should look after her. Which, and uh, just stop all the nonsense. Stop. And, He's been yeah. to prison in the past for something. But she sees that as embarrassing and like people laughed at her and all that sort of stuff and they were looking at her. So she, he's got a certain place that he's supposed to fit into, but he's damaged by the thing that she's worshiping. Which he sees her one day in the part in the going towards the church with this priest. I know, God. And it's like my mother is like friendly with that guy, and it's it does his head in, doesn't it? He has to beat somebody. Yeah, he beats a couple of people that day, but he has these violent outbursts and. I think the film works because, you know, I've never... I said to you earlier, I don't think I've seen Orlando Bloom in anything outside of Lord of the Rings and um, Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't think I've seen him do anything dramatic. Mm -mm. Just these big blockbuster things. And then I went and looked at his whole bio and everything and all his movies he'd done, and I was like, no, I have never seen him actually... I was going to say I've never seen him acting... But you know what I'm saying. Sure. Pirates of the Caribbean is very Outside different. of a caricature of some fantasy character. Yeah. yeah. We know he can be Legolas and Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean guy. See, I don't even know what Pirates of the Caribbean, um, the character he played, was called. I have no idea. You'll think of it. Orlando Bloom is what I call him. <laughs> so I've never seen him in a dramatic role. And I think he was fantastic. Really good. Like... He actually moved me quite a few times and he was really committed to it. And you know when a th- he d- he does a lot of weird he does a lot of stuff in this movie including the the aforementioned raping himself scene which is really kind of ooh. But then he has a sex scene with the girl in the in the pub basement, you know, remember? Mm-hmm. And that sex scene feels very real like it's really like you know, it's upsetting it's, and like, yeah, like they really committed to making it look real. Yeah, I mean, he's really like, I was like, wow, this feels realistic. It's not like a romanticized sex scene that you see in a movie. It's like a real, and it's kind of a bit because like, it's all about him not being able to actually feel anything. Because later in the movie, he says, you know, you know, when I came home after that night at the church, I was. I died. Right. I had died. And so while every if you think about it, from that moment, everything the only thing he could get any feelings from was hurting himself and the sort of like mingling the horrible sexual reality of being abused with now trying to be like a sexual adult, you know? It, everything stopped at that moment and that's all he knows. Yeah. That's why I kept thinking like he, you're you trap a person when you sexually abuse anybody at any age, let's just, I mean, it's not just children, but you've just locked them in for your own you've also gratification. You've brought them into this adult world that they don't belong in. Yeah, there's no comprehension of, and you can't cope, you can't, in blaming people and saying, oh, it's just a horrible, it's a wretched thing. I'm not on a good uh, man thing at the moment. I love you, and I love a lot of men in my life who I know very personally, but... Overall, the man stuff is, it's like, it's vile, this kind of thing, that for someone's personal sexual gratification, and this is real, it isn't a movie, this is a movie, but it's not about, it's a based on real people it's, doing this to well, real people. This actually, remember, we just listened yeah. to an interview with Orlando Bloom, and the writer is actually based uh, loosely around a real his life. Right. Right, so... And we find we actually watched another um, a, t- a British TV show by Shane Meadows called The Virtues, and that was actually loosely based around Shane Meadows' life. So people don't tell these stories if they've not. Well, that's the thing about it. sexual abuse when you're a child. You don't. And I do think, and I'm not saying it's any less or worse for any gender at all, but culturally, men, boys, we all know it's true that. If something happens to a boy, it's they don't get the same attention, not attention, but a different kind of attention to learn how to cope with anything, anything at all, like all things, I right? Could, being a boy with not a, you know, a weird bring, yeah. bringing up, not a sexual abuse thing, but 
That's weird. I can, you know, and I went through the care system. An adult who treated you like shit. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and so, often from stories like this, I feel things about myself. You know, like but about it's not how something people... you ever talk about. I mean, not right. in a way of like, this is how it makes me feel. And this is like, I want to, I've ever, nothing like that. It's more in, all internal or it's self abuse or abusing other people. Right. That's what. Yeah. Or just being like, like he is in most of this movie. He's just like not absent person, is he? He's just like. When he said he died then, I was yeah. like, that is exact. Because he had a look on his face a lot of times when he's driving his car and when he's even talking to his friend that all of a sudden. Blank. His, yes. Yeah. That was really, really brilliant, I thought. And what I thought was brilliant was his friend in life, uh, played by Alex Ferns, that, that guy. He um, just wanted to protect him like he yeah. just want he just he's like he's talking to his girlfriend and he's just like i you know i'm his friend and like he needs somebody or something he just like I, every, everybody knows that he's and his girlfriend's trying hard to understand him yeah which would have been almost impossible to because she she doesn't know right <laughs> She doesn't know. I don't think so. No, I mean, it doesn't come off like, yeah, he's ever told anyone other than his mother. I don't think he's told anybody because when he, when he tries to start telling, he he starts to record himself on a tape recorder, just saying what happened. And I feel like that's, I feel like that's a real thing. I don't know that for a fact. Well, they said they talked to men's groups and stuff about this. And right. So I'm sure it's research. So to explain in the movie, this other guy comes to him. Who has had a you know very bad thing in his life as well with sexual abuse, and said that someone gave him a tape recorder once and said, you know, even when you tell people they can't help but they will judge you, they will, they all will, one way or another. So if you tell this, it will not judge you. It doesn't have anything. You're just getting it out, like you're exercising your demons, right? And so it's a tape. It's an old-fashioned tape recorder. You just he says it into it. Now we don't see him do it a lot, but you get the vibe he's that been he's been doing it. Yeah, that he's yeah. going home. He reads little snippets out of the Bible. Now I'm not a huge Bible slash religion fan, but the concepts that he's following through with make sense to heal himself you know what i mean so i was i was like yep he's doing that thing and that seemed like a really good idea right and it seemed to be helping him yeah because what he actually gets round to doing at the end i don't think he would have got to that point if he hadn't have said things out loud to himself you know he needed exactly to, he needed to get so when we're talking about spoilers and stuff <laughs> What it actually gets, well, you're thinking, you know, retaliation, is it going to be some graphic, violent Like showdown? the cover. <laughs> like the cover yeah. insinuates. And, you know, it, I, I don't really want to spoil the ending, because I think no. they, I, it actually shocked me, because I didn't know that was... Did you have any inkling of what was going to happen? No, not that. Did you that. think, like, the front cover of this is what's going to happen, kind of? No, not after a while. I knew did, that was a red Did you think herring. it was going to be a, like, I th- I was thinking, oh, is it going to be one of those soft, like, he finds the Lord and everything's just like, um, I had that vibe a couple of times, but because I'm so resistant to that, I was like, nah, I'm just going to pretend that's not what it is. And, and that, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, um, but it, I, I, I think, see, I think that might work too in a, in a story way because it starts with him, like, smashing the church up. Mm-hmm. And the, the church has destroyed his life, basically, so he's trying to, you know... From his point of view, the church has done it, when right. in fact, it's just one person. And I could imagine... I think that's what I was getting, the feel... He had to go from blaming an entire system, and then letting his mother off the hook all these years, right? Protecting her and taking care of her, when in fact, she was complicit in some way, because not helping him. So he's trying to protect her. And so he instead blames the entire church. Right. When in fact he realizes the church is just basically another innocent victim. I know a lot of people will find yeah. that controversial. It's just this one man is yes, the problem. Yes, one indiv- well, individual who choose these <laughs> this behavior and choose to harm people happen to be in that system. And so the church isn't there to like crush you like this guy did. I think that slowly came came around. I think they did that really well. And not per- personally not having a 
I mean, I was brought up religious, but in my adult life, I'm not religious. But personally, I could see this story working in a, like, he, you know, there was a point in the movie I was like, oh, he's just going to forgive the priest and find God the end, right? Like, <laughs> he, like he's, like he feels like he's, because he's got like a moment yep. where he walks, where he walks away, like, like, that's it. Like, I'm whatever age I am, 35 years old or whatever, and now I can start now. Like, I, I had that feeling when he was walking away. Absolutely. From, but, you know, it doesn't end there. And the the next bit, which I'm, we're not going to disclose, I was actually shocked by it. I was like, wow. Yeah, that I didn't <laughs> see coming. No. And it, and it made the movie for me. It was like, wow. Like, I, I kept having this inkling that it was going to be a really weak, soft ending. Even though the whole movie was so good and Very powerful. Good, yeah. But I thought, if, it's, if it goes out on the message that God is, like, like God took this guy's life away but then gave it him back kind of thing i would have been like oh i, I don't know if i like that <laughs> mainly because i love you you're a thinker yeah but then what it did i was like i think that's actually the perfect ending for me i mean perfect yes because it's you know everybody makes their choices yeah and deals with their copes with their choices their own way and i think that was a good way to so what I would say is if you are real, you know, it's not, we watched Bill and Ted last week. It's the opposite spectrum to Bill and Ted. <laughs> it couldn't be any further. I don't, I mean, it could, I guess, irreversible isn't, is a little bit further maybe. Yeah, but saying? I mean, Something this like is, that. this is human it's drama. It's kind of out there. Yeah, but this is human drama at its darkest, I think. It's pretty on the dark end of the scale. What the subject that it's dealing sure. with. I mean, it's not... I mean, doubt. There's another one. Doubt, doubt, though, was about doubting someone and leave you doubting whether or not you know what's really going on, but... Yeah, doubt's another... Mm -hmm. um, The Church and Sexual Abuse movie. But uh, I don't think that one's quite as harsh as this one. No. This one's pretty... Like, it feels pretty real to me and raw. But um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I like a British drama... I am super impressed with everybody who's in it. Everybody. I don't think anybody was bad. Even the priest guy. Agree. The, it was just like quality, like from everybody. So, yeah, I'm into it. Let's move on to the cast. Orlando Bloom plays Malky. I've, it's a different side to him. I've Now, I'm like, maybe I've missed other Orlando <laughs> Bloom films where he's like freaking awesome. Why did you just assume he wasn't very good I just assumed he didn't do anything else. Like, hmm. You know, because I've never really encountered other movies from him. I know he was in a Ridley Scott movie, which I never saw. I think it was called Kingdom of Heaven. Do you remember? I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a big epic. You yeah. Know? Um, but I never saw it. So, but there again, that's another big epic movie. I've I just I think he was excellent in this movie, and it was hard. Like he, he was sometimes he was naked, sometimes he was like banged up, sometimes he was. You know, there's a lot of just quietness where you have to just watch him react or thinking and feeling and mulling things over in his head. And I'm convinced that's what he's really doing. So I think that's good. I would call it fierce. Oh, fierce. Yeah. You know, because there's times he's very quiet and then he just erupts. True. And uh, that's where I'm like holding my stomach in and going, oh, what is he going to do? Like, I don't, you know, he's out in public and he gets a bit mad. For instance, when he's shopping with his mother. Yeah. And you're like, (laughs) is this the time he just kills somebody in a store because he's just (laughs) had enough today? (laughs) (laughs) Is this the moment where the retaliation, is this what's happening? So, yeah, I I enjoyed him thoroughly in it. Uh, Alex Ferns plays Joe, his friend. This is... um, Trevor from EastEnders. <laughs> That's what you're going to call him that forever and ever. Yeah, this guy, Alex Ferns, played uh, a baddie in the soap opera EastEnders. He in was an abusive husband. He was, and he it was an, I, I have to say, he was an excellent abusive husband player. I mean, he it was, was scary. He was absol- he's one of the scariest and mem- most memorable people from that show. Oh, definitely. Me. So I knew he was a good actor, but soap opera acting, you know, it's a bit over the top sometimes. I think he was fantastic in this. In I, this, I was, yeah. 
Did you like him in this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't like the person he is. No, he's big, isn't he? Kind of. Yeah, I. I'll admit it. As soon as someone starts eating disgustingly, even if it's just them being a character, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, but I cannot, subtract that part. I can't. He just at in one scene. It's, he has, he's figured bit. that if, if he eats that way in real life, I'm over it. Over him. If he's factoring that into this character, I'm like, yeah, that is not a guy I want to be around. But when he's eating him, yeah. But the way the actual character is really good. I think he's like this believable, friend. very believable. Yeah, he's like a kind of a rough, kind of violent. I, I would definitely liken him to Begbie when he was doing his speech yeah. at the beginning. I was like, yeah, this Tell is everyone very who Begbie is. Begbie's from Train Spotting. You might know who he is from. He's a Robert Carlyle's character in Trainspotting is very violent. This guy is also very violent, but we don't see that side of him. We we just hear about that. Yeah. From his stories. But, you know, at some point, Malky went to prison for him, like, for something he did. And then now he's like, I, I just have to do everything to make him happy now. Like, I... I like, introduced he's proven him. himself. Yeah, I introduced him to this girl. And That's another element from that show. From yeah. uh, This Is England. Yeah. Remember? Or virtues? Uh, no, this is England. The guy mm-hmm. actually was willing to. We won't spoil it, but remember oh, yeah, he said, true, "You yeah. get out of here, and I'll do it." And she's just like, "No, no, no!" And yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because that's part of that character. These people, the damage done to them is, I don't matter. Right. I don't matter at all. Whatever pain and suffering I go through in this life, I'd rather take on your pain and suffering because I deserve it. For some reason, I deserve all the pain, so I'll go to prison for you. It crops up in a lot of these character studies. I think uh, Trevor from EastEnders, Alex Ferns. I've never, I've never seen him in anything else either. I thought he was really good. I mean, um, I I was into the character of him, and when he was talking to his girlfriend, I was like, and his, you know, we didn't see much of his character, but we did see him leaving his house, and his girlfriend come to the door and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's his wife. Yeah, his wife, and but and then we seen his wife in the hospital with a uh, Malk. But we do, we did get like a, a small glimpse into his life, and I feel like he was actually a, a all right dude. Yeah, you know he, he but um, he'd been through some shit. Janet Montgomery plays Emma. This is Malky's girlfriend. What did you think of Janet Montgomery? She did a good job. I mean, I was convinced on her confusion. I mean, I'm not. A sympathetic person when it comes to you've made okay she's been with this dude for four years she doesn't know why he behaves the way he does so the you know it's not about empathy or sympathizing with his pain or anything like she that just she just thinks he's a moody git yes like and if you stay with someone who basically rejects you makes you feel like shit over and over and over i do not have sympathy for you i that's just grew up around it not going to do it. Like, I don't understand that at all. So I didn't have any sympathy for her for keep coming back. And like, we don't even get an explanation for what it is she loves about him or likes about him. There's no like moments of actual genuine. I mean, there's a couple quality of quality. Not really. It's all sex or nothing. So mm. there's no moments where we see she, her looking at him like this is the guy and I love him because of this, that and the other. And I overlook all this other stuff because of this. We don't get any of that. The part at the beginning where they're talking and then they're playing a joke on the young like Yeah, but that's just you goofing see her around. Like, sitting on his knee and he's like, you know. Yeah, but that's nothing. That's not substantial enough to base a relationship on. And if the pain and suffering that he causes her is her basis for like, well. And he's super jealous as well, remember. He's jealous, but I think that's deflection, right? I'm supposed to be an angry man when my woman looks at another guy, but I don't, I don't think that's even in him. You know? I, think she, I think she was really good casting because yeah. she's very, um, I've been in like backstreet pubs like that in England and you often get like a, a girl <laughs> like that working in there. You get what I'm saying? And they're everywhere. I don't know what you're saying. They're everywhere. No, that, that type of like broken, slightly broken down, like. Yeah, they're everywhere. And they've got like <laughs> a fake face on it behind the bar as well. Sure. Like the way they react to everybody. Um, Charlie Creed Miles plays Paul, and Paul was the preacher with the tattoos. Okay. 
who told a the story he told. He just told it pretty casual. Yeah, he took this. And you're been, like, fuck. He'd been abused by his father, and it didn't. <laughs> it didn't end very well for his father. No. Let's say. Nor for him. I mean, he still struggles. Like he right. can put on that priest thingy and he can preach all he wants, but obviously, after the little thing in the church there, yeah, he's got. He's not over it. No. And that was what the point of the film was. Everybody yeah. is wounded and broken by this event, by these things. Which Good this, point. Um, so I thought this guy was excellent too. By this one thing, men who are selfish, jerks, who because of their own needs sexually will abuse and injure anyone and they do not care. That's true. That's these characters I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> and in real life. <laughs> and then we've got Anne Reed as his mother. Um, what do you think of Anne Reed? I didn't like her, but I think that was the idea. She was a very realistic depiction of a mother, though. Uh, of that mother, not my mother. I've seen mothers. <laughs> I've, I've had friends with mothers like that. They were right? just on their own, and they're pretty. They're older, and they're kind of like as though you know that this son's probably thirty-five, and it's like he's still a kid. Like yeah, and you know? she's pretty severe. Yeah. Um, and she's got the religious thing, and you embarrassed me, and all that stuff. I don't go for any of that. I think she's she's one of those part of the problem. And James, but the lady did a great job. She did. And James Smiley plays Jimmy, who is the problem here, the preacher, the actual. Yeah. And the the problem with it that this preacher was a preacher in this town, and then he left, and then he came back, and then he was in the newspaper even money. Oh, popular preacher returns mm-hmm. to town. So that's what the catalyst for this whole thing is. And this preacher guy, I think, played it perfectly too. The the look on the face, you know, the handshaky part? Yep. The fa- the look on the face of like... Destruction. I know what I've done. Yep. Like in God's looking and... What the fuck? <laughs> How do I, what am I supposed to do? Like, like, I haven't wanted to think about this for 25 years and now I am. Yeah. And it's hitting... I'm sure he had, but... The part where um, earlier on in the movie where Malky turns up as he's coming out of the church, out of work, with a hammer in his hand, yeah. and he just looks at him. Like he's ready. Yeah, I'm just going to smash your head in now. And the priest looks at him like, I'm not going to argue with you. No, yeah, exactly, yeah. And that was powerful too, but then mm-hmm. I was like, is, is that how it's going to go? So uh, this is directed by two brothers, Ludwig Shamazan and Paul Shamazan. Um, they're, they're not famous for other movies. They've done some short films. But uh, I think it was actually well directed. One problem I did have, though, I don't know if you noticed this, was they missed focus quite a few times. I don't. Th- I think that was on purpose. That's very trendy right now. Uh, is that what it is? Yep, it's very, I was like, very. They've common. got a foreground thing, and then they've got a person, but they've missed focus on the person, and they've not even got focus on the front. It's like in the wrong place to focus. No, nope, that's totally on purpose. That's in photography and filmmaking right now. It's well, a um, thing. well, that sucks. Let's get over that. <laughs> Apart from that, I think it's a really fine-looking film because it really looks gritty and it looks like the places in England is trying to show. You know? Yeah. Um, it doesn't look glossy. It's like it's. It was filmed on film. I could tell it had a lot of film grain, and. Uh, it, I think it was well filmed. It didn't have gimmicks like spinning cameras and shit, did it? It was no. It was just straight. You know, let's get the drama. Let's. It's like a lot of two shots, just, just straight up two shot. Like, but I think if you're trying to get drama, you don't need a fancy camera that spins around. Correct. So, um, extras on the Blu-ray. Uh, there actually is a, um, what is it? There's a audio commentary with the directors so i'll be listening to that because i'm interested in how this came about and where they got the ideas and stuff but there is no uh general extras but if you do go to youtube you can find many quarantine orlando bloom interviews where he's been interviewed in quarantine <laughs> i did notice he was in a room full of lego cars which instantly of course you did because you're a lego man that's either well he's only just had a child so it's probably not do you have a child? No. And how many Lego cars do you have? Probably 20. Well, there you go. <laughs> so don't give anyone an excuse for a grown so, man wanting to play the blue, car. Your love of Lego cars makes me like you even more. <laughs> ha! So uh, IMDb reviews, what are they? 
that's when you go out to the IMDb and you find reviews for a movie we've just seen. And if the people give it one review, one star, I mean, or one whatever it is on there. Stars. One star. You will then proceed to make fun of them because if you like the movie, then they're total idiots. However, if we don't like the movie, you're like, yeah, they're kind of right. <laughs> well, um, this movie only has 12 reviews overall, right? Hmm. Most of them are 10 out of 10. Eight of them are 10 out of wow. 10. Wow, that's unusual. Right. So there's, I can find two here that are... That there are no one out of tens, but I can find two that are three out of ten. Interesting. So um, the first one is this guy with three out of ten. He says, I love Orlando Bloom, but this movie was boring. I almost turned it off, but pushed through hoping it would get better. It didn't. It had nothing to do with the acting. It was just boring. I was so excited to watch a movie. Um, There was lots of potential, yet it was such a letdown. Boo-hoo. And this other one, this other three-star guy says, Orlando Bloom, Malcolm, was abused as a tween by a priest. Tween? He has, rela- he has relationship issues, anger management issues, sexual issues, and rage. He works in destruction. He is destroying a church. And then he spies the priest that molested him, and it makes him violent. This is pretty much the story. But it wasn't developed. Well, it was developed. Don't it listen was. to this three out of ten. <laughs> you obviously didn't watch it right through to the end. Or but, just doesn't think about it the same way we do. But, you know, there's 12 reviews of this and eight of them are 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. So That's I amazing. Think, yes. Something's broken. Something's <laughs> broken. <laughs> but this is a... I've, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I like kind of hardcore, you know, feeling movies. Sure. And that's what this is. So I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. Dang. I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. Are you? Just because it's... Why be surprised at my 9 out of 10 and you give it 9 you out of 10? You don't do that very often. No. And looking at the cover to this movie, I probably wouldn't even watch this movie. Yeah, you'd be like, Orlando Bloom, this, he's is just this that a George, <laughs> Is this a Jean-Claude Van Damme kind of thing? Or, <laughs> or is he becoming the new um, Taken? Yeah. You know, is he taking that place of that guy? So don't look at the cover and think, that looks awful, because it's not what the cover suggests. But if you do like the co- what the cover suggests, maybe don't watch this movie, because it's not... You'll be disappointed, right? <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> watch the movie, and then decide for yourself. That would be my... What I would say. So, uh, yeah, I really... Uh, it's one of my favorites this year so far. Dang. So let's uh, say thank you to Lionsgate for sending us a copy of the Blu-ray. It is much appreciated. And uh, movie recommendations. I am going off the back of this movie. And these are, as said before, Shane Meadows is one of my favorite British directors. He made This Is, e- this is England. Um, it's a movie, but he also made three like uh, TV series uh, of it. But the movie itself is uh, fantastic. But then after he made This Is England, he made a show called The Virtues, which actually addresses this movie's issue like straight on, right? It's the same. Um, it wasn't a priest. No, but it's almost the same. St- yeah. Scenario. A boy who was abused sexually by someone else. Yeah, in a children's home. I mean, a man who, as a boy, was abused, yeah. yes. But um, I would recommend anything by Shane Meadows. Once Upon a Time in the Midlands. There's a lot of movies he's made, but you should watch Shane Meadows movies. Because this gave me the vibe of them. They're kind of depressing, but they make you feel something in the... in the. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like depressing movies, <laughs> those are the ones for you. It could be liberating for someone. Someone might watch that movie and the tape recorder thing and the, you know, I'm not, I don't believe in the, con- like, the religious context of forgiveness, but I do believe in the idea that you work it out in your head about what's going on, and then you can let it go. And that's what happens. And that's the idea. But somebody might watch this movie, and that might do it for them. So I would say, you know, watch it, and then see what you think. A series of events here for Orlando Bloom's character leads him to, you know, Mm -hmm. purge himself of it all. Yeah, exactly. Well, the need to purge, really. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so what are your recommendations? Mine are, if you want real revenge... Like actual, you know, 
Kill Bill 1 and 2. She's on a kick there with her revenge. And the movie Revenge, but not... You'll see a few out there. This is from 2017, I believe. Yeah, we watched it. And it was, a, good. It was good. So a French movie. Um, subtitles. But it's also very good. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of talking. No, it, actually, <laughs> that's that's a good point. Yeah, exactly. It's not got much talking in it. Cause not a lot of talking, just a lot of revenge. She's on her own a lot in the yep. movie, so there's nobody to talk to. That's really good. Yeah. So, yeah, it is very good. It's wild and wacky, and don't watch it with the children, it, but it's... It has a lot of blood, let's say. Correct. So, um, that is our recommendations. A Scully stuff, I've been playing... We played a Tell Me Why episode two. Um, you actually... Uh, this is a game you've actually seen all the way through so mm-hmm. far, right? And the finale's next week. What did you think of episode two of Tell Me Why? It's a Telltale-style game by... Very good. A ...company called Dotnod. Another one where we are telling stories where people are confronting destructive emotional forces in their life, you know, in a way that can free them. Yeah. Like the prison that you're in when you've been hurt by anyone or anything ever, even if it sometimes it's your own perception and sometimes it's, you know, someone's intentionally hurting you. And there's all kinds of reasons a person gets trapped in their head with pain and suffering. This is an actual another video game story that's addressing that. Yeah, it's it's um, not about like this. I mean, it's got a, it's not supernatural or anything like that, really, is it? It's more. It's just a psych, psychiatrical. Is that a thing? <laughs> psychiatrical. It's pe- yeah, it's just about people's emotions, and some people might say, "Oh, I don't want to play a game like that." I want right, to but they people. would play the game where you go and get full-on revenge with the big giant gun and kill off all the aliens who have taken over humanity, or blow up some military installation from some overbearing yeah. government because you emotionally and in you know maybe some things in real life have been crushed by these overbearing systems or whatever. That's all emotion. That's not... That's all emotional, right? True. Getting revenge on... Or what? what's a big, giant game? Like, like Max Payne. Yes. His wife, <laughs> and, his wife and baby get killed, and then you go on a revenge. Now, that one's got a little bit of weirdness to it, too. So I don't know... You know, it's not a straight up... It's got I a little mean, weirdness, right? No, not really. It's just you go up against the people. Kind of like Kill Bill. Yeah. She's been wronged, and she's going to kill I mean, everyone. It's, it's like the worst. Like, his wife and baby got killed. Right. And then he goes to kill everybody who's responsible. Right. Now, anybody who's like, well, that's a real story. Well, that's a very emotional <laughs> story. That yeah. is a man who, for better or worse, right or wrong, is going to murder people who have murdered someone he cared about. Now, you can leave it, right? Let... Let nature take its course or whatever. Or you can emotionally involve yourself as the person wanting to get revenge. That's an emotion. The Last of Us 2 is the prime example. Yep. That's a good one too. Because it messes with your emotions. Because you you know, you know, get to points where you're like, I don't quite know where to put my anger anymore. True. You know? True. So I, yeah, that, there you go. So, But tell me why. It's uh, more of a story-based game. Got some puzzles. I think it's really fun. I like how it looks. I really like the two characters, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't think the transgender thing's really a deal in it, like, that big. Even though it does play into the the relationship with the mother and everything, I know it's, you know, it's not the... Tra- because for, his lot, for the last 10 years, he's thought that was actually the key factor right. in and what it, happened. And I keep seeing people saying, the transgender game that's breaking the thing and... But I'm like, no, I mean, a transgender person is just another person with a... Right, but having a character in a game that you identify with when there's never hardly been one ever before... I do like that, yeah. Yeah, that's what they're talking about. Yeah, that's the part I like. So it's a big deal, but at some point it won't be a big deal anymore because it will be normalized. Because The Last of Us 2 had a transgender character and now Tell Me Why does. But that's two games out of all the games that ever came out. And all of... Yes. Well, there's probably some others that aren't... Yeah. yeah, some indie games or whatever. Yeah. Surely. Um, and the second game I've been playing, just only just started like about two hours ago and didn't really get very far, is The Avengers by Crystal Dynamics. 
they're the people who make Tomb Raider. They decided to make an Avengers game. And uh, I just started it. I've literally played like the opening sequence. It looks really cool. Did you see it? No. I it's mean, a, I saw like two seconds of it's it. It's literally the Avengers. It's a, You remember the Spider-Man game that I really liked? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, but with the Avengers. I'm actually interested in playing it. We watched a new TV show this week. By this Ms. might cause a divorce, but I'm kind of over the whole Marvel thing. Oh, so. I'm not over that <laughs> at all. I need more of that. Um, I can move on from things. You, you won't be moving on because I will be forcing you to watch Marvel <laughs> stuff for many years to come. Forcing is uh, not accurate. <laughs> if I'm interested, I will watch it. All right. So um, the television show that we watched this week, brand new on HBO Max, it's uh, by Sir Ridley Scott. And uh, I'm not being funny there. He is Sir Ridley Scott, right? I do not know. <laughs> he is an OBE, so he's Sir Ridley Scott. Okay. Um, it's a new show called Raised by Wolves, and it's uh, what Ridley Scott really likes is um, androids. Mm-hmm. We know that. Um, and this is a movie, Not I'm calling it a movie, and it kind of is a movie, right? Like a big, long movie. But it's uh, a sci-fi show on HBO Max that he's made. Um, and it's, I think it's 10 episodes. They've put the first three out this week. We've watched the first two. What do you think of Raised by Wolves? First, I'll tell you what I thought when you said we're watching a new show. I was like... Why would you think that about a new show? I don't know, because sometimes I get sick of committing. <laughs> I'm non-committal. Well, and so it's like, not- oh, there's a whole other show we're going to watch. We're going to watch it every night or once a week. And it's adding to the other things we're watching. And so let's just get through what we have. And then we watched it. <laughs> And I yeah. changed my mind. This is this is a pattern with you, though. <laughs> it is. It is. But then if I don't like it, if I'm not interested, I'll tell you. I'm not interested anymore. You are just you, are to you watch interested it. in this, though? I'm very interested. Yeah, because why? What is one of my favorite genres? Sci-fi. Sci-fi. And it is like... Robots. This is full Futuristic on. shit. End of world stuff. I love all that. I mean, I think it's fascinating how everybody tells these stories differently and think it's mesmerizingly gorgeous i like the weirdness of it i think the performances are kind of weird but awesome at the same time i mean it's just it's cool and i'm i want to i want it to tell me a good story i don't want a mystery it's unfolding at a good pace yeah to explain what's going on i like that um there's also some imagery and things that i don't feel like i've seen before where i'm like wow yes okay that's different. And androids who have a very different way about them than we've seen yes. in the past. Now, I'm in love with Data from Star Trek Next Generation. So but are you in love with Mother and Father? I don't mind. Oh, Father's very cute. I'll say that. <laughs> what about Mother? I like Mother. She's bizarre. And I don't know what the hell is really going on. So, so what the story is, without spoiling anything, two androids... Make some humans on a distant planet, or it could be a moon, it's Kepler something or other. Yeah. And they're, say they're charged with the responsibility of starting a human colony or something there, and carrying on the human race there. That's exactly That's kind what of the, they're supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, the basis of it. But yeah. there's all kinds of complications on top. I'm not going to tell you what they are, because you just have to watch it. Like like this movie we watched today, it covers religion in a way. Mm-hmm. It has a bunch of cool imagery. You know, Ridley Scott is very... I love Ridley Scott's sci-fi imagery. Blade Runner, you know what I'm saying? Um, Alien. It challenges the the established human thing we've all created. Always, you know? I don't know how else to say that. They're pretty far out, um, Ridley (laughs) Scott's (laughs) visions of the future. And, you know, Blade Blade Runner's very different to Alien... An alien universe and Prometheus is different to this, what we're seeing now. The, it's, they're different, but they're in the same... I don't know if they're is. in the same universe, like, actually, story-wise. I wouldn't I mean, be surprised if this is in the alien Prometheus law or something. Hmm. You know? Like, at the end of the day, like, because it feels kind of... Hardcore can, fans might have found something or other, but I haven't seen anything to indicate I haven't that. seen anything, but I... It wouldn't surprise me if, it, if there was some kind of link to it all because it just has that feel, but that could just be Ridley Scott, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. His, He's got a distinct his imagination vibe, yeah. and his like set designs and you know, it's just a cool looking show. I hope more people see it. I mean it's a HBO show. Like it's not like people don't know it's there. But I with this new streaming thing and putting out three episodes here and then moving to a weekly thing, it's not kind of like the old days where everybody tuned into Game of Thrones on a Sunday night, is it? True. You know, it may, it's harder to get people to watch stuff now because, you know, you can you watch anything. You have a lot anything. of options. Anytime, yeah. anywhere. But I like that, so. I really love... Please bring more stuff like Raised by Wolves, HBO. <laughs> um, quality sci-fi stuff. So what's for dinner? What do you want? I want Impossible Whopper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I if if I'm nothing else as a wife, I'll give you that. You, what do you mean, nothing else? <laughs> if not, if I have no other qualities you have as a, a wife, high quality, I will give you an Impossible Whopper on a Saturday night. <laughs> Saturday night. By meaning giving, I have to get in the car. I have to go there, right? Yeah. I have to do the thing. I have to deal with the person. And sometimes they're really annoying. I am the queen of snottiness and everything so i can spot it real no, quick no way yeah it's true no although i can put on a very fake friendliness because that's culture and you do it because you don't want everyone to have a bad day and i can i can be very Ooh, right so when i pull up and the voice on the little thingy is working <laughs> i get it you have a shitty job Dealing with people all day like me is very terrible. I've worked in food and bars and whatnot. You've worked with the public. It is terrible. However, when I have done it, I suck it up. And every time someone came to the bar, every time someone came to the counter with their groceries, bitching about something, whether you just go, so, well, you know, oh, absolutely, I totally get it. Yeah, or how's it going? Or deflect, you know, change the subject, make them have a better day for these two minutes than they've had the rest of their life. And then they move on and then you go, oh, that guy was so annoying, right? These people don't all do that. They haven't been taught that. By the boss lady that I had when I worked at a little grocery store, Kathy, who would literally come straight out at you. If you were even a hint of rude to somebody, put her hand on her hip and say, what the hell's wrong with you, young lady? You know, you hung over or something. You better just cheer up, snap out of it or whatever. Or I'm going to send you back and cut meat. There was a meat counter in the back where you could kind of hide away. So when I go to these places and if I have to walk in and actually get food, we're all under a lot of stress. I get it, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, we all need to learn when you work with the public. Just be a little more friendly. And so I always dread it because I want to lecture them when they're not friendly. Right. I literally pulled up to Jimmy John's one evening, pulled up, sat there, and the guy goes, yeah. <laughs> yep. I said, hello? Are you guys open? Yep. Are you taking orders? I mean, I was confused. Yeah, what do you need? I was like, holy shit, what is the world coming to? <laughs> For real. <laughs> so I ordered, you know, da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. So I say, I need two number six veggies, leave the bread in, cut in half, no avocado. This is exactly how I order. So I say all that. Very slowly. Yep. And then he goes, was that two veggies? <laughs> so he's all the way back at the beginning. Yes. Anything else? I said, that would be with the, you know, whatever, whatever. Okay. And then I finished the order and then he goes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there was no like pay at the window, nothing. So when you get up there nowadays, a lot of the different people who are working there all have headsets on. So you don't know who's taking your actual order. It's not always the person at the window. And so the person at the window was super friendly, totally different voice. I felt like saying something, but I didn't. I did tell one yeah, the young lady who was the manager at Burger King one evening that a guy had been like, I heard him being rude to the person in front of me. And then when I pulled up, he, not rude, like, you know, overtly rude, but just unfriendly to where you, some people just drive away. They'd just be like, screw this guy. And she rolled her eyes and she's like, oh my God, that guy. Right. <laughs> like, I have to tell you this all the time. So I will get you the Whopper. Because I love you. So whatever horrible situation I have to put myself in with the rude people of the world, you're worth it. Thanks. <laughs> Is that <That's>... passive aggressive? <laughs> yeah, pretty bad. 
It better be the best damn burger you've ever had in your life. So now um, we need you to give advice and then we'll... My advice is not going to make some people very happy. Um, It's not really my job. But in line with this movie, you know, what he found to cope, this character and whoever they based their story on, you know, he's reading the Bible. He's feels crushed by the church, and then he ends up reading just a couple of passages out of the Bible that we see, and the one about, you know, if you have an enemy, let me deal with them, because I know, basically I know what's going on. You know, this is written by the Christian God. I don't believe that, but, you know, that's the idea. I will take care of it. What you need to do is, if they are hungry, give them food. If they are thirsty, give them water. I will take care of of the rest. And once you basically by saying and and this person will then have by like coal fire burning on top of them or whatever, basically saying if you hand it back to them in a way that they understand, now they have to deal with what they've done, that will crush them more than if you are exacting your own revenge, right? So, I like that concept. It's not easy. It feels like you're letting someone get away with something when they shouldn't and they shouldn't always. But I love the concept. The thing is, in real life, you do coping and coming to terms with pain and suffering does not require a religion. I don't have one. I've gone through all sort of different phases of life. I'm fifty, I'm almost fifty-three years old now. All kinds of stuff, right? Also dealing with my own broken relationship with my father, who was an alcoholic, and he was hateful to my mother and terrible and just a crotchety jerk of a guy when I was growing up and always thought he was just like terrible. And I wore, I just hated him forever. Like he was just terrible. And that's a good reason to be, you know, and myself drink a lot for many years and cause my own self a lot of pain and suffering. Just, I don't don't know the mechanics in your brain of why that does that. But then at some point I became very neutral in my thirties, like to where I was like, Oh yeah, I don't even, that doesn't even, that's not even a thing anymore. I've got my life. I've do, do my stuff. I love this man. I've been married already. I'm married again. Like I'm, I'm good. I'm coping. I'm figuring out my ways of moving forward. Then it occurred to me, this is a person who's lived his life and I don't know why he is how he is. Right. It can't just be, he's just an asshole and that's it. Right. Mm. There has to be something. I have reasons for how I am how I react, experiences in my life lead me to react to other things, right? It's just, it's a domino effect. It's how you are. So later, a few years before he died, I called him once. Remember, I was like, oh, yeah. call him. It was really weird because I had never, ever, I hadn't gone, I hadn't seen him for 15 years. Hadn't, I was just neutral. Like, uh, if somebody had called me and told me then that he had died, I would have been like, I would have felt bad for my brother and sisters. They were always closer to him and other people who love him dearly, you know, for all the other things that he was. So I called him up, had a good conversation, shockingly, and realized, right, this is just a guy who's grown up his whole life. He's got his whatever. Then I started going to the Christmases. Then we were told he had cancer. Probably wouldn't live throughout that year, which was 2017. So then I started going. And spending time with him and listening to him. Like, because I'm over my part of it. I've let it go. But it's not on him to cure me or, you know, fix me or anything. I'm over it. I'm in my 40s at this point, right? So I'm just listening to him and letting him just tell me things that he admitted through those nights that we would have long conversations. He never tells any. He's never told anyone these things. He doesn't know why. He thought maybe because he knew he was dying, he would... He just felt like he had to tell somebody stuff, right? And I learned about him, that he never felt love in his whole life. He didn't think he was wired for it, he said. He didn't understand it. He didn't know what it meant when people say they love it. And he would apologize, I shouldn't tell you that, because that sounds really bad to me to say to my own daughter. And like, nope, I get it. I'm listening, right? I'm listening to why you are who you are. And that, it totally lifts off, right? That, I just looked at it as that person, he has to deal, and he he talked a lot about regrets, and, you know, he was sorry for his behavior, he didn't know how to fix it, and he couldn't or anything. And so, I've experienced that part 
on that level myself. And I think I've come through figuring out people and my own pain and suffering through other things in my life without a religion. And some would say, oh, well, then you're not really healed or whatever. But that's just their opinion. You don't have to be pressured into having a god or a religion of any kind to figure out how to understand how to overcome your own pain and suffering. Because we all have it, right? So Correct. you don't particularly have a, a religion of any kind. And you just, you internalize. I assume that you just think things through and you just then, like, shake it off and move on. I mean, I don't know how you deal with things exactly, even after 21 years of marriage. But you have your own thing that you do. You don't rely on external... No. You know what I mean? There's nothing that you have to, like, keep feeding. You just uh, figured it out in your head, and then you go on. Correct. And that's why, like, people, I think, sometimes feel like they have to stay broken because they don't feel compelled to believe in a religion, and then they think that's also something that's wrong with them. Yeah, like, that's true. They blame themselves for not being able to... They might sit on a church pew every week and actually have no connection to it whatsoever, and then they feel worse about themselves when, in fact... You might be able to find another way. Still go to church if you want. It's it's a fine thing for people. But it may not be the thing that helps you move forward in your life. So there's my advice. It was long, but, you know. It was I saved so the, long. I saved the whole world. It was very long. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, you can catch us on aschoolie.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can catch the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, RSS Feed, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. We're also on uh, smart speakers. Just say, listen to After the Show Movie Podcast on TuneIn and it will play you the latest episode. Email feedback to me at ascully at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She hates you all. I don't hate anybody. I do not hate anybody. And uh, finally, stay classy, Mr. Orlando Bloom. I'm going to be looking for other stuff by you now. Nice. And I'm going to say, are you done now? Last week I... Overtly stepped all over your little toes. So. I'm done, and now it's your turn. Okay. I might need that signal every week. I'm going to say, everybody, think for yourself, because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. <laughs>